0: Okay, so now that that's done, thank you very much for doing that. Um, so something that I think is really cool is that I was entering in at night, and quite frankly, like when I prepared for this lesson, I don't normally like, uh, the curriculum thing, like it just isn't my style. And that's okay. It's okay if it's somebody else's style. It's just not my style. So it's cool because I was just looking at my watch and I was realizing, man, we're running way late right now and it's not anybody's fault, not anybody's fault. And I just think that it's by the providence of God because I was sitting over there thinking like, okay, I have all these like slides, like literally, like literally 50 slides. Okay. Yeah. And you guys are like, a lot yeah. Of yes. It is a lot of slides. So. I'm gonna promise you this. I'm gonna promise you this. We are not gonna camp on these slides very long because the reality is, is that, like, there's a lot of truth in them. And the reason I have 50 slides is because in your book, you have a lot of questions and spaces and so forth, okay? So instead of going through all these slides and having, like, a bunch of question time and, and a lot of, like, fill in the blanks and stuff, I'm gonna hit the high points, okay? That's gonna feel much more comfortable to me because I know I can hit the high points and it won't take a terribly long amount of time, and also I'll feel more comfortable in expressing it that way as opposed to like a teacher at school It's like, n point one, and point two. Now, here's the deal. I'm still going to use the slides, so I'm going to fire through them. That is for you, okay? So if I'm firing through them and you miss something, that's okay. Your leaders at your houses will have the... Uh, things to fill in the blanks and so forth. Some of the things in your book are questions that I was going to give you guys time to like ponder and, and to write about, but you're, you're more than capable of doing that um, outside of our time here tonight. So instead, I'm just going to jump in, kind of like do the skim over the top, and I'm going to leave it to you guys to plummet deeper if you want to. Okay, Is that cool with everybody? Everybody good with that? Okay, great. So before I get started, let me say this. What we're going to talk about tonight, quite frankly, um, in our culture, in our day and age, is just not popular. Okay, So when I was preparing this lesson, I was looking over it, I was thinking to myself like, oh, this is such a hard topic. And yet... Even though it's a hard topic, it is so true. And the reality is, if we don't get this foundation, if we don't understand this foundation, then quite frankly, I don't think that we can really understand the gravity of the salvation that we receive through Jesus Christ. We have to understand what we've been saved from. If we don't understand what we've been saved from, then it's just kind of like, well, I kind of crossed, you know, the the T's and dotted the I's, and and was baptized, and it's just kind of like sort of real, but not really real. But when we sit in the gospel, the gospel, like the gospel, not the gospel that's like okay, like surface level stuff, but the gospel of this is the reality of what Scripture says about us before Jesus. And this is the reality of what scripture says about us after Jesus. Now, this is what's going to be so hard about tonight, is that we're not going to talk much about what scripture says after Jesus, okay? Because the following sessions will talk about that. So, I'm not going to try to jump to that. I'm going to try to stay over here, but man, oh, even listening to you guys, like, uh, sing and to talk about grace and, man, like, I love to camp over there. I love it. Because it's good. It's so true. And it's so much hope over here. But the reality is, is that this is so good and so true and there's so much hope over here because of just the, literally, the damning truth that's over there. So we're going to talk about the damning truth over here. Okay? But the reason that we're going to talk about that is that we need this to understand what we've been saved from, what we're being transformed from. We need to understand this, because if we don't, then this is just going to be a plastic faith, okay? All right, so with that said, let's jump into it, okay? Um, okay, so you have something, that, you know what? Forget this, I'm not doing this. If you guys would like to see the slides later, then um, then I will show you the slides later. <laughs> Are you okay? I did have a really cool video on there, and I might still show you that. Um, But if you want to, you can open up your books to the first lesson um, and we are going to fire through these points. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give again a brief like overview of them um, because I don't think that uh that we're going to have the time to really dig into it. But point number one we are enemies of God. Okay, so when I say that you're an enemy of God, that I'm an enemy of God, what do you guys what what conjures up in your mind when you think of an enemy? Someone you don't agree with, okay? What else conjures up? Bad guys. Bad guys, okay? Yeah. What else conjures up? This is good. Is there like an image of somebody that like, like immediately you think of like, that's an enemy? The joker. The joker. Why, so serious. Yes. Okay, the joker, right? Um, so so scripture is so clear, so clear that we are enemies of God. Now, let's take it back to the garden, okay? Okay. Here's the reality. You and I were created by a holy and good God. He created us to reflect his image perfectly. In the garden, things were great. Things were perfect. We did reflect the image of God perfectly until the fall in Genesis 3. When the fall occurred, what they did was they rebelled against the rule of God. They rebelled against his kingdom. They said, I don't want you to be my king. I'm going to be the king. You know, Satan slipped in there and basically got them to begin to think Okay, does God really have what's best for us? Is God holding out on me? That's really the question that he was asking them, deceitfully, saying, like, does God really, like, is he is He really looking out for you? Does he have what's, what's best in store for you? Because if he did, then why does he keep you from this tree? Because this tree is going to make you like him. So he's obviously holding out on you. And in that moment, as Eve is being deceived, Adam's standing there, completely silent, with his wife, not fighting on her behalf, and she's deceived, and they rebel against the rule of God. And the rule of God at that point was, listen, I'm giving you all of this, and I'm, I'm, I'm offering it over to you to, for you guys to be stewards of it, but don't eat from that tree. And then they decide, you know what? Maybe God doesn't have what's best for us. We want to be like God, so we're going to eat from the fruit. And ever since then, a drastic, 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 more drastic than any of us could really comprehend because we didn't know pre-Eden. But there was a fall that happened not only to us as human beings, but to creation as a whole. And from that point forward, the, the sons and daughters of Adam and Eve all the way up until us have been enemies of God. We are on the opposite side of the battlefield. Opposite side of the battlefield. Now, the reality is, is our culture says, ah, no. You know, like, it's okay, we're, we're good, we're, we're good, as long as you don't murder anybody, as long as you're not, you know, doing that, and, 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 and partying on the weekends and all this stuff, like, you're good, and ultimately it's about living a good life, and you know what, you might be able to stack up enough good in order to get into heaven. Scripture does not say that. And I, now I'm really wanting to go through the slides now because there are some really good scriptures um, that I can't just tell you off the top of my head. But there's some great scriptures that if you look in your book, um, there, there's uh, references in there that you can look at later. Um, but it's very clear that we are enemies of God. We are on the opposite side of the battlefield. Now, when I thought about that, I thought about the Chronicles of Narnia. Okay, You remember the first battle scene? Or not the first. Well, yeah, it wasn't the first one. The Lion, Which in the Wardrobe and like... You know, like the witch is like coming at them with polar bears and stuff. And then like you have like the Narnians that are on the other side. And they're just like, ah, for Narnia. Like it's giving me goosebumps thinking about it. Because they're like, like. but the reality is, is that you might think that you're on Aslan's side. It would be great to be on Aslan's side. But the reality is, is that scripture says, no, you're not on Aslan's side. You're on the witch's side. That's a really like, that's a really hard thing to to embrace. Because we want to believe the best in ourselves. I'm not that bad. But the reality is, because we've been severely, completely broken by the sin nature that we have, we are enemies of God. Now, they use the caterpillar in the metamorphosis um, uh, as an illustration throughout this entire uh, weekend. Because, in the same sense, the caterpillar comes in and he's got a need. He needs to transform from a caterpillar to a butterfly, and that that drive drives him to eat a ton of food, then make his little uh, cocoon, and then ultimately become a butterfly, and that there's this total transformation that happens. And so it's a dual thing. What the, In this lesson, they specifically talk about how the caterpillar is dr- driven by his nature. He has no choice. He's born into being a caterpillar. And when he comes out, like, he... Now I'm digressing because I'm thinking of like these cocoon things in my uh, backyard as a kid and there was like hundreds of caterpillars that came out. But the caterpillars come out. He comes out and his sole purpose, his drive, his instinct is to go and to eat a bunch of stuff, twirl up in a cocoon, and then become a butterfly, right? When we come out of the womb, our natural instinct is to sin. That, 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 that's, just, that's just the reality. Again, this is hard. We're talking about over here. We aren't over here in the hope yet, okay? So, this is hard. We have a natural propensity to sin. We are sinners, right? And so, like, that's hard to embrace, but the reality is, is because we're sinners, because God is completely holy, He can't tolerate that, and so we're separated from Him, and we're an enemy of God, okay? All right. So, that is point one, all right? So, again, I'm skimming the surface. Point number two, we are slaves to sin. Okay, when I th- when I say the word slave, what do you guys think about? So, perfect. Yes. Okay. So, what's the what what what's the purpose of the slave? You work, you work. To serve his master. Like yeah. So so like the slave doesn't have a choice. Okay. He, he, he or she serves their master. And, and, and they're subjugated to their master. And so in scripture we see that we are slaves to sin. Meaning that it's, it gives this image that script, that sin is literally like a slave driver and that we are slaves to it and we serve it. We serve it. And so they talked about how, um, the caterpillar, you know, that it has this natural, like, drive to become a butterfly and that, that it's a slave to its its natural um, instincts. And in the same sense, because we were born post-fall and we're all born with a sin nature, we are slaves to sin. Okay, you guys following me? We don't have an option. <laughs> it's not like it's like, oh, well, there might be some really good people, there might be some really bad people, that person's probably more of a slave to sin. No, we're all slaves to sin. We're born into the same problem. Okay. Third point, we are completely dead spiritually, okay so we, we okay, first, when I say dead, what do you guys think about? Dead, death. 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 okay so let me ask you this: if somebody's dead, what do they have any power whatsoever? No, no. okay so so if somebody dies, they can't come back to life on their own. Unless you're, but that wasn't on his own. All right. Okay. Except for Jesus. All right. I know what you guys are thinking. Like heresy. Okay. <laughs> Jesus, yes. But everybody come back from the dead on their own. In the same sense, scripture is clear that we are dead, completely dead, like stone cold dead spiritually. Meaning that, like, how much power, if I was completely dead spiritually, Jared, how much power do you think I have to to change myself spiritually. No. Thank you, Jared. Thank you. You're I know that that was a struggle for you. Yes. Thank you. Yes. So none, right? So, so there's nothing that I can do on my behalf that will bring me to salvation, right? But it's it's Jesus and the Holy Spirit acting on my behalf that brings me to that salvation. And of course, there's an accepting of Jesus. There's an accepting of that salvation. But ultimately, I, I'm hopeless apart from that, Right? So, so I'm an enemy of God, I'm a slave to sin, and I'm completely dead spiritually. Ugh, I mean, doesn't this just sound terrible, right? I mean, like, just sit in that for a second. Three points. We still have another one. And the next one's a doozy. Okay? So, just sit in that for a second. We're, we're in a pretty hopeless place right now. Okay? So, just wait, because the next one's a doozy. You want to know what the next one is? Some of you guys have already looked forward to the next one. Okay. Right? Okay, so we're going to use the H-E double hockey stick word, okay? So, again, this is a topic that our culture is like, yeah, right, that's not something you talk about, right? Even in church culture, oftentimes, we don't want to talk about it because it's uncomfortable, correct? It just is. Let's just be real. But the reality is, is that Scripture is so clear. Again, who's the person in Scripture that talked the most about hell? Not a trick question. Jesus. Okay. So, so he talked the most about hell. It's talked about in other places in scripture. Okay. It's not a little guy dressed in a red, you know, like jumpsuit with pitchfork running around going, hee hee hee. Like, it's not that. (laughs) Alright, I don't know what that was, Aaron. I'm sorry. It's not that. That this this place of torment. And again, what I'm gonna do after this actually is I'm gonna flip through these really quick so that you guys have the um, the scriptures uh, that you can go back to. And I'm gonna challenge you to write those down as I'm going through them so that you can go back and look at them because there's a list of them that um, that I have in here that talk about uh hell and what it actually is. It's not this place that like pop culture says that it is. And in reality, we are all, because we are enemies of God, we are slaves to sin, and we are completely dead spiritually, we are all ugh, destined for hell. I know. It's a lot, right, Gabby? It's a lot. Okay. So, so you guys feel lifted up? Because I sure don't. But here's the reality. Like, this is truth, Okay. So oftentimes we want to skip past this part of the gospel because this part of the gospel, for our culture at least, is like, we don't want to talk about that. Even inside the church, it's mostly like, let's feel good. Let's not talk about that part of the gospel. But here's what the beauty is, is that with that contrasted against the cross, oh my gosh, that's where the power is. That's when I can say like, yes, thank you, Jesus, that like that those four points that I just talked about, and I'm going to show you the Scriptures that you can write down and look at later, that I'm not telling a lie here, this is very clear what Scripture says. We are enemies of God. We are slaves to sin. We are completely dead spiritually, and we are destined for hell, apart from Jesus. So when I have that in my rearview mirror, of course I'm celebrating. Of course I'm coming to church and saying like, yes, thank you so much for grace. But if I don't understand this part, then again, how am I going to truly celebrate what I've been saved from? Yeah, right? And so, so if I if I really feel like I'm pretty was a pretty good guy and like I really wasn't in that big of a, you know, trouble and so forth, like then and I'm, I I accept Christ, then it's well, what was I saved from if I'm thinking I'm better than I really was? But, like, through Scripture and through the early church, like, we see these guys, these men and women, that tell hard, hard, hard truths. Not because they're trying to use scare tactics and be like, okay, now pray the prayer to get the fire insurance. But because it was true. Because Jesus talked about it. Because God was clear in His Scripture that it's true. We are desperate for His transformation. We are desperate for His salvation. We are We are completely dead spiritually. We don't have any hope apart from it. None. But Jesus. And so I want to jump to that. But old Ben Trueblood told me not to. So I'm not going to because you guys are going to get to talk about that hope in the next few sessions. So instead of that, what I'm going to do is I'm going to fire through these slides really quick and make sure I didn't forget anything. Grab your pens, get them ready to write the scriptures especially, okay? Okay, so I'm just going to fire through. Some of these are just points, um, but the really big parts that I want you guys to write down are the scriptures. Uh, that's a really cool video if you want to write down that URL. That was what I was going to show you. That's the caterpillar like going into a cocoon and becoming a butterfly. It's really cool, but it's all right. Maybe I'll show it tomorrow. Um Okay, let me keep going. Okay, so the falls in Genesis 3, most of you guys already know that. Um, we need transformation, let's keep going. Okay, so these are the first ones. So take a second to write that down. That's going to be in, uh, like on page 6, or near page 6, like in your book. Okay, and look at me um, whenever you uh, are done. Okay, I cannot stress to you enough, go back to these scriptures and read them on your own. You might do that this weekend. That would probably be the best time to do it, um, just so that you kind of have this in your mind. Um, but at least even after the weekend, go back and read these scriptures because they're so... Um, So helpful and good. Okay. See a few people writing. It's okay. Take your time. It's like a shame right now. Like, shame on you. (laughs) You don't write fast. (laughs) Just kidding. Totally kidding. I messed up. Oh, Jared's over here saying that he messed up. That's the reason. Yeah. <laughs> I believe you. I believe you. Okay. Okay. So um, so those talk about the character of God. And so, um, so when you're looking at those, it's specifically talking about the character of God and how very different we are from God. So you have a list in your uh, book as well. That they ask you to circle uh, words that you think describe God, and the whole point of that was to contrast God's holiness against our sinfulness. So those were uh, passages about God's holiness. Um, so we already hit on those. We are enemies of God. Okay, Romans two five. Okay, again, I'm telling you the, these passages are hard. So I'm warning you. When you read that, it's not going to feel good, but it's true. So, as 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 believers, as people that believe that the Bible is God's inerrant word, then like I got to take all of it. So, hard passage, but Romans two five. Okay, and and also let me say this as well. A lot of these you have to take in context. And so part of what they're doing in this book is that they are, they're intentionally stopping. Cause if you, on most of these passages, if you were to read a few verses later, you hit the, you hit the hope. But they're intentionally stopping it tonight before that because you guys are going to hit that a little bit later. Does that make sense? Okay. So be aware of that. So don't just read that. If you're doing it on your own, you might want to read a little bit further um, so that you get the whole context. Okay. All right, a couple more. Romans eight eight, Philippians three eighteen through nineteen, and again, this is all underneath uh, point number one that we are enemies of God except for those that have accepted Christ. Again, the hope. <sighs> okay. So after point two, John 8.34 and Romans 6.16. And I don't know, leaders, you might even, like, if you write these down, you might even uh, look at these really quick, just briefly tonight. That's an option. Um, You might just leave it to them to look at them, but totally up to you guys. Okay, so um, after point 3, Ephesians 2, 1 through 3, and then point 4. So these are also passages that are really um, hard to wrestle with. <clears throat> but again, they're true. So, wrestle we must. feel like Yoda. Wrestle you <laughs> must. <much. laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, I might have just duplicated it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I just duplicated it. So, um, just those first three, because oh, okay. I don't think that there was another one, second Thessalonians. <laughs> or first Thessalonians? So as you guys are writing that, because um, I think this is the last one. Okay. Um, okay. So uh, in your book, there is a section that is on, um, I don't know what page it is for you guys, but it says, Diagnosis, Move, Pray. So find that section. Page 8. Page 8. Okay. Oh, yeah. Hello. Yeah, I did find it earlier today. <laughs> okay, page eight. All right, so so here's what I'm going to encourage you guys to do. Um, we are going to sing a few more songs. Uh, so so I'm going to allow you guys to respond in whatever way you feel led to respond. Now, this walks you through. Um, now, we did the brief, okay, like skim. But this walks you through kind of a response time of like what we talked about and then a challenge and uh, kind of walks you through a prayer. Um Again, everybody look at me really quick, okay? And maybe I'm just, like, over-functioning right now, but, like, the reality is, is that the hope is coming, but we have to sit in this first, okay? I'm not trying to use any, any scare tactic or shame tactic, okay? I am just proclaiming what Scripture says. So the reality is, is that as we sit in this, we, we, we then know how we can just rejoice in the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, Okay? So, my challenge to you is to remember that the hope is coming, but for just for a little bit to sit in the the reality that this is what you were saved from if you have been saved and that you have accepted Christ. And to revel in that. Those four points. What were they? Point number one. We're an enemy of God. Now, this is pre-salvation, okay? But we're an enemy of God. Point two. Slaves to sin. Point three. We are completely dead spiritually. Yeah, point four. We are yes. Ugh. Okay. So, so sit in. Now, the band is going to come back up and they're going to um, sing a few more songs. So, you guys are welcome to, uh, to join in singing. Or if you want to take just a little bit of time, um, it shouldn't take too long uh, to respond by uh, reading through that little last part. Um, you're welcome to to pray, to go wherever you need to in order to to just be with God. If you have more questions, um, then you are welcome to find me or another leader in this room and ask questions. Um, If you feel that God's calling you to respond in a certain way, um, again, feel free to do that, okay? All right? So uh, if you guys want to go ahead and, well, actually, stay seated, and I'm going to pray over you, um, and you uh, respond in whatever way that, that you feel led to, okay? God thank you so much for, um, for your word even when it uh, is so difficult to wrestle with. Um, man, thank you God that <laughs> that we can look at this these scriptures and these these hard truths and that those that have accepted Christ can just rejoice all the more because we see what we've been saved from. It's so contrasted against, your grace and your love that you poured out by sending your son here for us to be sacrificed on our behalf to take those those um consequences that we deserved. God, thank you so much for that. And I just pray that that those that are in this room that that have accepted you and that have the hope that they would just be reminded that we would be reminded tonight um, of what you've what you've saved us from. But I also pray for those in this room that maybe haven't placed their faith in You. I pray, God, that You will um, use this time to penetrate their hearts. That they would wrestle with with what it means to be an enemy of You. (laughs) And that they would come to a saving faith. We ask that Your Holy Spirit will move in that way. That You would rescue their heart. God, thank You so much that you are our rescuer, that you have come and that you've moved on our behalf when we were completely spiritually dead, that you've awakened our heart to you and to your truth, that you've brought us to a, an understanding of your word, and understanding of your grace that has set us free from our old selves, that we no longer are a sinful, just disgusting mess, but that we have been rescued, redeemed from that, and that You are continuing Your transformational process in our lives. God, thank You for taking the time to do that, for being gracious enough to do that. God, thank You for each of these students. (laughs) Pray that as we close out tonight with worship, and a response time that you would just move in them, give them the courage to do what they need to do. And I pray, God, that we would lift our voices to you in thanksgiving for all that you have rescued us from. You are so good. We love you. We praise you. We offer this time to you in Jesus' name.